Hello and welcome to Talk of the Town. Talk of the Town is a collaboration between the City of Winter Park, the Winter Park Chamber of Commerce, and Rollins College. And each show provides useful information and a transparent look into the happenings in Winter Park, Florida. I'm Sam Stark, Vice President here at Rollins College, and I will be the host of the show. With me today is the Mayor of Winter Park, Phil Anderson, and the President and CEO of the Winter Park Chamber of Commerce, Betsy Gardner-Eckbert. We will be with you the third Wednesday of each month, and Rollins Around Town will not be aired that week. As a reminder, this show is, of course, broadcast live here on 91.5 WPRK, and we will also share the recording podcast so you can listen anytime it's convenient. Betsy and Phil, welcome back. It's great to be here with you, and thanks for once again making time to partner together for Talk of the Town. So we have a special guest here today, and really this is the talk of the town. It's the new (laughs) Winter Park Public Library and Event Center. Sabrina Burnett is the executive director, and she's here with us. And before we get to Sabrina, um, Mayor, maybe we'll we'll start with you and uh, sort of uh, get your take on the new library and event center. I know you've been in there along the way of the construction project and, and even perhaps most recently for a, for a meeting, I think you mentioned. So what's the talk of the town with the new library and event center? You know, I thank you very much, Sam. And it's a pleasure being here. You know, I, I love these opportunities to chat. And yes, this is a really exciting period for the city. Um, they've already started moving in. We got our certificate of occupancy last month. Uh, you know, and and quite honestly, the staff did an amazing job delivering the building on on within the revised budget and on time. And so, I want to give kudos to the staff. Uh, but Sabrina and her team have already started taking occupancy. Uh, we had our first readings for our children. I got to uh, read a couple of kids' books nice. uh, out on the uh, the the front patio the area. Building. The Belvedere, exactly. We'll have to remember that one, the Belvedere. That's right. And uh, so we're really excited about it. I think we're gearing up for our grand opening in December. And uh, But the star of the show is really Sabrina. So thank you very much Indeed. for uh, Sabrina for taking, taking the lead and taking charge. Well, Betsy, we'll go to you first before we uh, bring Sabrina in here. Well, what, what's the talk of the town from, from your seat uh, about the new library and event center? So thanks for having us this morning, Sam. We do appreciate getting to connect with the community in this way. And thank you to all of you who are listening. We are thrilled about the library because we know that it is a global prototype of what the architect himself calls a knowledge campus. He's never built anything like this before, where there's this three-building sort of tension that exists between convocation and learning and um, you know, upskilling and democratizing and all of these things have, of course, business benefits that the Chamber of Commerce is thrilled about, that people can go to conferences there and they can learn new skills and they can be in nature uh, on the Belvedere and at the lake there and that they can uh, create new connections with the community. But also, we love the fact that we know that architectural enthusiasts from around the world are suddenly going to be made aware of little tiny Winter Park, Florida. Sir David Ajay is the architect, as you know, of the library and was given the grand prize in British architecture last year and is a celebrated figure throughout the world. Uh, One of his most notable American commissions, of course, is the African-American 
History uh, Museum of History and the Smithsonian Institute. So we are delighted to be aligned with world-class collaborations. And we know that Winter Park is going to be on people's radar for visitation as a result of this building. So we're thrilled about that as well. Well, uh, that's such a good um, uh, intro and great perspective to share. Uh, Sabrina, you've been um, just knee-deep in it, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe deeper than that. Um, how's it going? And uh, tell us a little bit about um, why it's so exciting to have a new Winter Park Public Library. Uh, well, thank you for having me here, Sam, uh, today. It is very exciting. It's been a little in-joke of ours for the last six years or so that it's an exciting time to be at the Winter Park Library. We're just most excited for the community. This is just something that's going to elevate the level of education and knowledge in our community. Uh, you know, it's 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 almost, we, we can't even quantify it at this point. You know, we don't even know what we're going to look like in that new space. We've got triple the amount of uh, education space, 30% more collection space, just a fantastic location that enables us to even get outside the building and do things in the park setting. The event center next door means that our events can be bigger and better than ever got wonderful story time opportunities out on the Belvedere like the mayor had so it's just a it's a kind of a holistic site you know all the synergy between the different locations and then being in MLK Park and having the castle playground there and the ball fields there just means that we're an anchor point in the community in a way that I think we haven't been before um, so I have an amazing staff and the building we were in before never did them justice they've got ideas they've got you know plans that could not come to fruition in the old space and now the sky's mm -hmm. the limit we're really dreaming big that's fantastic. I'm going to ask both uh, Phil uh, and Mayor and, and Sabrina, because Phil, you have a little more perspective as a former city commissioner, of course, and now as mayor, even though uh, this, the, 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 the sort of the project was approved. Um, how did we get here? You know, the library has been a topic in the mm. community for an, an awful long time. <laughs> from, from your seat and your memory, you know, like what, how did we get to a place where we as a community get a new public library? You know, I would say it has been a typical Winter Park process where it was a grand vision cast by uh, the board of directors a long, long time ago, dating back, what was it, 2000 and 2010 was really when we 2010. first started discussing it. And, uh, you know, there was a long campaign. Certainly the, uh, the referendum, you know, engaged a lot of people uh, really in favor of, of a new library and those that thought, you know, we should reinvest. Um, the referendum went through and, uh, you know, we were able to issue the bonds and, and make it happen. Um, I think it involved a lot of people over the, over the ensuing, you know, 10 years to bring it to fruition. And I think there's a lot of people that there is no one that I've met yet that isn't 100% supportive of the mission of the library. Right. And the fact that the library affiliation with the city of Winter Park goes almost back to the founding of the city. You know, it was only two or three years after the city was founded. We were 1885. 1885 yeah, and right 1882 the was the uh, founding of the city. Yeah. So it's been a part of our DNA for a long, 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 long time. And everybody I've ever met on the campaign trail or you know, in serving has absolutely been committed to the mission of the library and the uniqueness of the educational opportunities that are really part of Winter Park. Yeah. So I think it's great to see it come to, to fruition, come to completion, and get ready to open. 
Fantastic. Right. Sabrina, how about, how about you, you know, from, from a staff perspective and, you know, right, right in, in it all uh, in the office on a day-to-day basis, how did, how did we get here? <laughs> well, I think like Phil said, um, we are so thankful for the community support that everyone does support the library and its mission. And that's, that's sometimes not typical. There are some libraries and some communities that don't have this tremendous upswelling of support. Regardless of the building, everyone has opinions on that. But the central core mission of the library and, and our core mission is to connect people to knowledge and resources to amplify learning. That's that's our core purpose. That's why we're here. And we live in a, a town that values education. And so that's that's been a wonderful experience for us. The process from then until now, I've really enjoyed. Uh, it's had ups, it's had downs, but through it all, it's been very collaborative. You know, in the library and our and my staff, we've been very receptive to the messages that we're hearing from the community, and it has shaped this, I think, ultimately into a better project. Yeah, that's could, probably couldn't be more true. And um, I think you and your team have done an amazing job of being good listeners, because there were times when it got, you know, uh, as as the mayor said, typical Winter Park and. <laughs> Uh, what what typical at least to me in Winter Park means is engaged and involved absolutely and that's passionate. good passionate yeah. and passionate <laughs> that's right yeah and so sometimes with that passion comes maybe an, an, a side against but but deep down it was for the community it was for the library and um, I you was and your of that team? old uh, Parks and Rec line where she says when people are yelling at me I just hear them caring very loudly <laughs> that's right well that's a that's a perfect perspective <laughs> uh, Betsy what what's the advantage like what's the real benefit you you can maybe touch on a little bit but like what why will this be a better library and a better asset for the business community in Winter Park? Well, I think the collaboration spaces, for one, I know that there's new uh, collaboration spaces in there, the technology. I mean, we hosted last week one of Mm -hmm. our Leadership Winter Park days in kind of a, um, uh, well, in the new raked auditorium in there. And so it was spectacular to be there and witness sound travel. Mm -hmm. The acoustics in that auditorium are phenomenal. And it, it just, the whole building speaks to really an imperative to collaborate. Once you walk in the space, there's just, the entire space has been conceived with other people in mind and creating those synaptic connections, right? And so we're excited about that because of the technology that's going to be updated in there. We're going to be able to have people check out laptops. There are going to be people that can use green screen rooms in there to do video content to promote their brands so much marketing work now has got to be video driven media driven and a lot of people can't afford to access that so they've got to make their own content so we love that people can do that there there's whiteboard collaboration spaces really the province of kind of big corporates having these kinds of resources we now as a business community have access to those in our own public library space more importantly, I think, is just there's space to go and think there. Many of us go to a coffee shop sometimes to just plow through a bunch of emails or think big. And one of the architect's visions was that this would be a place cooler than Starbucks mm-hmm. to hang out and that none of us have to buy anything in order to be there. And so one of the things I love about Winter Park <clears throat> is that there's so much thought leadership here. We have business leaders, about half of Central Florida's CEOs, as you know, live in Winter Park. And we've got people who are influential and visionary who live here. And I think it's really great to see an actual physical manifestation of some of those community values in terms of visionary leadership and and to create this space that's never been built before um, for collaboration and for ideas to flow and opportunities to form, I think is very exciting for the business community. 
Sabrina, talk a little bit about the, you know, the evolution of the library, right? And how long have you been at the Winter Park Public Library? I started in January of 2015 as the assistant director and okay. then became the executive director in December of 2019. So it was a fun first year, just, yeah. just a global pandemic to deal with and a new <laughs> library to build. <laughs> right, not much. <laughs> What's the evolution of the library, right? Like, you know, the, 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 the topic that I hear is, you know, the library is not the old library that we all, you know, at least a lot of us grew up in. You know, when you walk in the doors and somebody immediately tells you to be quiet, mm -hmm. um, what's what's the library today? Yeah. Well, libraries, I think, have always been thought centers. You, you hearken back all the way to the Library of Alexandria. It was a place where your philosophers and your scholars gathered and repositories for knowledge, but also for conversation. So when we talk about the library of today, it still fulfills that role as a, a palace for the people which is the title of a great book you should all check out, talking about social infrastructure, which was a key focus of the new library for us. These collaboration spaces, these moments of serendipity, introducing people to each other, to concepts, to knowledge. So of course we have the materials. That's a core part of what a library does. We have a collection. Um, we have a three pillar of education philosophy that we follow, and one of them is self-directed education, which means we have to have a platform and we have to have the materials to support people using that platform on their own. And then, of mm -hmm. course, there is research assistance and instruction, our second pillar, where my and my staff intervene. So we teach classes. We have bread and butter things like Story Times, Microsoft Word 101. We still need things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And then we have our third pillar of instructive and enlightening experiences. And I think that's where libraries are growing today. We have this beautiful new raked theater that invites lectures and classes and things, uh, spaces that we didn't have before, that now we can bring in luminaries and speakers that can engage our residents and we can all learn amazing new things together. So we were very fortunate to partner with the Aspen Institute mm -hmm. uh, during this process. And we're one of four libraries in the nation that was part of their dialogue on public libraries. And they released a report called People, Place, and Platform, which talks about the future of libraries in America and how uh, what libraries need to do for their communities is become essentially these, these knowledge campuses, these centers where folks can come in and we can meet a variety of different kinds of needs. It's, you coming in for a book is is certainly one level, but you coming in to get an idea sparked to then use one of our spaces to create that. We had a doctor from our community come in and use our makerspace to 3D print a part he needed for a surgery. <laughs> he couldn't get his hands on. Mm. You know, so things like that, just these these amazing moments that we can have now with this new facility. And that's our purpose is to be that platform to launch people to the next level and to also provide that that core repository of knowledge. Yeah. Mayor, talk about the, you know, the sort of the, the community benefit, particularly on the west side. I mean, I, one of the things that I really liked about this site selection was the activation of Martin Luther King Park, which I, which I think is just a, a beautiful community asset. I'll cover that, but let me first say that probably the best thing we have going for us is Sabrina's enthusiasm. <laughs> no question. <laughs> no question. If you could see her face light up. <laughs> As she talks about the vision and the energy level that she has for bringing this library to life, um, I think all of Winter Park is going to benefit from that energy. So you're thank you very much. So true. Um, you know, but I think when you're talking about the cross benefits of this location, you know, you have this is an this is a location that is much more accessible to a much larger group of young people. And uh, and I think that the inter you know the intersection of play and learning is phenomenal. Um, you know this is just uh, it, 
the bridge that exists now in between the library and the event center and the Martin Luther King Park is a great way to bridge that gap and really bring play into the process of learning. So I think that's a great a great thing to be be seeing. I'll also add that, you know, just as a footnote, the city's about to embark, uh, getting close to a uh, design plan for about a $3 million renovation of Martin Luther King Park. And we're studying ways to honor uh, the namesake as well as Mm -hmm. as really bring new and and better play opportunities. So I think it's going to be a great intersection. Yeah. Love that. That's so great. Sabrina, talk a little bit about what's going on. Like, what? when's the grand openings and when's it officially open? And, and I know it's going to be a busy couple weeks for you and your yes, team. Yes, terrifyingly. It <laughs> opens, uh, we open Monday, December 13th. Okay. But we do have a community open house. That's the first sneak peek on Saturday, December 11th. So that's the ribbon cutting, the ceremonial book transfer from the old building to the new building, and then just lots of performances, fun activities. And uh, we do believe that Sir David Ajay will be there that day to wow. give a public that's talk. great. Yeah, we'll have him in our library. So we're still nailing all the details down, but supposedly we're on his calendar. So, so Saturday, gosh. December 11th, does that, uh, if we have any overdue books, can we redeem them for you free? You can, you can. You can bring them all back, although we made nothing due till I believe January 1st so it's a smooth <laughs> transition for the community into the new building and when we open our doors for the new library we will be fine free for all children's materials so anything youth to 18 are going fine free and that's to help break down barriers for families to access the library very nice right what else anything else that y- anybody wants to share on that I, I, I actually do um, mayor you can talk a little bit about it not only is it you know activating the park and a new library but it's the, the community has a uh, an enhanced community space. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had the old Rachel Murrah Civic Center, and this will now be a, a, a new space and, and frankly, just a, a better space. Um, can you share a little bit about what, what that's going to look like and why that's important for the city? You know, I think uh, what this new event center does do is it creates more efficiency and it creates a lot of drama. And from the inside, the dramatic interiors are very unique. I don't think there's anything like it here in Orlando. And I think people are going to love it uh, when they get up there. Um, and you also have the rooftop, the rooftop experience. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, uh, it has already garnered a lot of support. I believe there is a Winter Park High School reunion plan mm-hmm. for one of the very first events. And I think last count, we had about 25, 26 weddings already committed. They're up to about 35 now. 35. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, and Winter Park Fashion Week's going to be there. We have four events at the Chamber that will be taking place there next year. So we're looking forward to offering that look, too. Unique location. Yeah. Great. What a win. And I'll just second what uh, what Betsy was saying is the acoustics are pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it was a lot of attention paid to the curvature of the roof, which mm-hmm. is awesome, and the materials used were, have made it great acoustics. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I believe the state of the city is being booked for that yes. space. So with the new spaces as well, they talk to each other. So if we have a big event happening in the event center, we now have spillover into the library's raked theater. So it gives the community more, um, we talk about democratizing things, you have more opportunity for more citizens to engage with things like a state of the city address. Yeah, great. What a win. What a great project. Um, I had the privilege of being part of it on the on the first uh, task I'm, force. You're one of the first people I met in Winter Park. That's right. That's right. And 
as the mayor pointed out, you um, immediately shined as a superstar, and the fact that uh, you um, got the opportunity to actually serve as the director is a is a great thing for for the community. And um, I'm just so happy that you're still in that seat, and and wish you all the best for the grand opening and. Betsy, anything else you want to say about the project? Yeah, I want to thank you because I think it, people may not be aware that you were the chair of the library task force right. to find a site for it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things the architect has commented on and I think is salient is that so many tributes to Martin Luther King go, as we shall say, unrealized in terms of the scope of their vision, that there was a, a will to honor him, but that sometimes it's just by naming a street after him. And this actually is an almost fully realized vision of the purpose of that man, where people could come together, appreciate each other, understand each other better, create opportunities to make Winter Park and themselves better, uh, and then to have this fully realized vision to democratize our experience in Winter Park. And you deserve a lot of credit for finding that location and leading that process, which is probably like herding cats sometimes, but I wanted to thank you, Sam, for Thanks. the leadership role you played because I think that that site is extremely significant and well Thanks. done you for finding that. Thank you. It was a good process and good people involved they and were. within a great community. So that, that obviously helps. Um, check out WPPL.org. Or our new website, WinterParkLibrary.org. Or WinterParkLibrary.org. <laughs> it's much easier to say, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. For any information to learn more about the library, the uh, opening events, and um, just to be involved and be supportive of, uh, of, of our great community uh, library. Sabrina, we'll let you go. We thank you so much for all you do. We wish you good luck. Thanks, and uh, we'll keep um, our fingers crossed for, for great things ahead with you. <laughs> yes, thoughts and prayers. Indeed. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, everyone. We're going to change gears a little bit and talk about um, a prosperity scorecard. And it's a prosperity, a community prosperity project that the, the Chamber of Commerce and the city are working hand in hand in. And I think this is a, another just um, real brilliant uh, effort by our community leaders. Uh, Betsy, I'll let you start because you're, I, I heard it from you first. Um, talk a little bit about what the chamber is leading and, um, and spearheading within our community about a prosperity scorecard. Thank you, Sam. I think last year when our world shifted under our feet, Um, we at the chamber started trying to find ways to build capacity for what we knew was going to be a disrupted time. We thought it was going to be a disruption of months, and we now know it will be a rippling disruption of maybe years or longer, unfortunately. So we built capacity by activating our foundation. We have a foundation at the chamber, and we created a fund called Thrive Winter Park. And we used funds that uh, we received for, for that initiative to feed our frontline hospital workers to commission an economic study and to kind of take a, a temperature, a ground truth reading of what was going on in Winter Park's economy. Was there a loss in Winter Park? Because there's a, a commonly held misperception that Winter Park is insulated from uh, any potential economic threats. And what we learned through the work of our economists that we commissioned was that Winter Park's economy is significant. It's over a $3 billion a year economy with significant presences from serious industry sectors, professional services, healthcare, higher education, as we know, because we're sitting here, um, and financial services. And the financial services sector alone represented an almost $300 million loss in a, in a single quarter. So we are, are really focusing on the fact that Winter Park's economy is a lot more diverse than we thought. It's a lot bigger than we thought. 
people tend to think that the economy of Winter Park is Park Avenue shops. And we really appreciate the lifestyle uh, that we get to enjoy because of Park Avenue shops and restaurants. But they are one of the four leading industry clusters here, but not the leading industry cluster. So while we value those segments, of course, we are trying to build a model that appreciates that Winter Park's economy is bigger and broader than any of us, including myself, probably would have thought. And as we moved into the Delta surge this year, we said, oh, wow, we've got to solve for some new challenges. People are going through operational pressures they haven't experienced before. And how do we start looking at um, building back better and creating a resiliency model that shields us against future pandemic insults or other insults? And so we actually started Uh, a community engagement process. We launched it on Friday, where we're going out and asking the community about the things that they believe are metrics and hallmarks of prosperity. And that may be different from other measures of prosperity that other people might have held dear in the past. I think we're all being asked to think about the world differently. And certainly Winter Park should be no different Uh, from everybody else's sort of introspection on on what prosperity looks like. And so we started asking people about what matters to them. We asked them about um, the types of businesses that we have here. Do people think we have the right types? Do we have enough? Um, Are we ready for the next pandemic? And I will tell you, in our earliest pre-launch and launch questioning, overwhelmingly people say we are not ready for the next pandemic. And overwhelmingly, people agree that we will have another pandemic in their lifetime. So those are arresting realities for us to embrace. And so we're trying to build capacity for that readiness, but also build capacity in a way that includes maybe previously invisible or unheard voices and and people. Um, We want to make sure that we're building a model of prosperity that goes beyond something that might have been just what our city founders had in mind when they built Winter Park. Very impressive, very timely, uh, timely for a lot of reasons, but mostly because I think this kind of economic development aligns, Mayor, with your vision and your strategies um, and your commitment to economic development as a whole. So, So from your seat, share a little bit about the Prosperity Initiative. You know the the uh, the president and I, the president of the chamber and I have had a lot of great discussions, and there's a lot of overlap. Uh, we have a really what the commission is doing is we are actually scheduling a strategic work session with our economic development advisory board on December 14th, and part of that session is to really hone in on what the city's role is in creating data to support our our community, and also the incentives to also support new and existing businesses. So I think it's really part of a, a collaborative effort. There'll be some good overlaps. I think we have the opportunity to put forward some of the data side. Um, and I just want to applaud the efforts of the chamber for, for kicking this off. You know, the city does a, a pretty good job of reporting to our residents the hard edges of how many roads we, how many miles of roadway or sidewalks we've put in. Uh, we do a spectacular job of reporting our police and fire response times. Um, but there are other aspects that I think 
measure a community's health and prosperity. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how these two things come together. Um, and I will say, you know, this advisory board is very important to our city. And I'm, I'm glad to say that Betsy is a part of that board. Uh, we have other organizations represented, as well as a lot of business uh, folks that have deep, deep backgrounds that can contribute. That's great. This kind of initiative could um, very easily, you know, be created and sort of flounder and not have any impact. But because of the collaboration, you know, between the city and the chamber, and I think the business community as a whole, I, I'm 100% convinced this is destined to be, you know, just a real asset and a, a real value for the community, you know, just short term and and long term. Betsy, how do people get engaged and wh- wh- how can they learn a little bit more? Well, I love, thank you for that question because we cannot do this in a vacuum or by ourselves. So, you know, I, first of all, I want to say thanks to Rollins because I actually have a meeting tomorrow with the dean of the business school at Crummer and the head of the business department and the undergraduate uh, college to help us provide some talent. So we're going to have some Rollins students on multi-phases of this project. And one of the things that we want to make sure that we do as an outcome is create a living, breathing tool that's easily accessible on a website. You don't have to call somebody or summon it up or conjure it up. It'll be live and sitting on a website. So when we finish our data collection process, we will present the agreed upon metrics based on the community engagement that we've done. And then we're working with a company called E-Impact to actually build the scorecard that will sit on any website it wants to. We're going to give it away. So if Rollins wants it on their website, if the city wants it, the chamber wants it, whoever wants it can have it. It's a community um, asset. And we want to thank especially the Edith Bush Charitable Foundation, who funded so much of the early work of this. So um, that is a gift to the community. And we hope that it will be a tool that helps people think differently about their own organizations, um, helps them think strategically about business planning and community engagement. And then we hope that it helps us actually become a better version of ourselves by becoming a living, breathing, accessible thing. You probably are familiar with the Florida Scorecard, which the Florida Chamber of Commerce Uh, maintains and developed and it's a very powerful tool to give us a snapshot of how we're doing the tiles in those metrics are green or red depending on how things are going and interestingly it was a sea of red last year during the pandemic and now you can tell what metrics are still doing well or what's improving what's lagging behind and it's great to get a flashpoint read of how things are going. We use that tool at the beginning of each of our board meetings to let our board members know how Orange County is doing within this set of metrics. And we hope that this scorecard will be something that other boards and organizations use across the city so that we can have a sense of ownership of who's responsible for making Winter Park better. Well, obviously the mayor is in charge and the city commission make policy and allocate resources, but we're all responsible for making Winter Park better. And we'd love to see that responsibility get spread wider across the community and certainly um, into constituent groups that may not have felt like they belonged before. Right. When does the first scorecard actually get revealed? So the data, the metrics will be revealed at State of the City. We're, we're going to finish that data collection process, and we expect the scorecard to be up live by April. Great. Fantastic. Well, I know we will talk about that on mm-hmm. a regular basis uh, as we continue with this show. So um, eager to uh, be a small part of it and to see the, uh, the, the impact. And- and I meant to say, if you if you have a constituent group, whether yeah. it's your place of worship, your neighborhood, your PTA, any group you'd like us to come to so that we can get your input on what those metrics are that matter, please ring us at the chamber at 407-644-1212 or 
shoot me an email at the chamber. If you go to the about section at winterpark.org, you'll find my email at the very top of the staff page. So we would absolutely love to hear from you. Please send me an email and let me know that you've got an organization you'd like us to come out to, and we will do that. I love that. Uh, before we wrap, I know, Mayor, can you just talk a little bit again, this really, you know, what, what the chamber's doing and what the city's doing un, under your, uh, you, you know, the leadership of the, of the two of you, you know, you've created uh, and are initiating a five and a 25 year strategic uh, investment plan and an ad hoc smart city plan. I mean, so just a really lot of smart long-term planning for the, for the city. Is there anything you can share on those? And again, those are topics we can, we can touch on again in the future. You know, I think really what what those are about is thinking for the long term. Yeah. You know, we uh, what we did this year for the first time was we looked at all of the wish lists that everyone would love to do to make the city better, and we uh, we used a twenty five year planning process to to see if we had the resources to accomplish it, and then some of them got promoted into the five year timeline, and it helps us refine our priorities. Uh, and I think we've had a really effective use of that to, to be clear about balancing our resources with the investments that we're looking at. And then the other part is this ad hoc smart, co- uh, smart city is really about getting high-speed internet reliable service to everyone's home. And part of this, as Betsy said, is an outgrowth of COVID. You know, where did we all work during the lockdown period? And if you need a lot of bandwidth, Winter Park needs to be able to provide it. Um, And I think I'll mention one other thing, and I'll turn it over, and that's the – you know, I'm, I'm, I also want to say that uh, I'm absolutely committed to winning the Battle of the Lights <laughs> yes, this year. And so the city has been a, uh, a very good sponsor, along with all of our merchants, in making Winter Park really light up. And I'm going <laughs> to turn it over. <laughs> yes, that's good. That's a Well, perfect. if you're curious about what these lights look like, and you should be, because these are not your grandfather's lights, okay? <laughs> we have got all kinds of new elements um, to really make our central business district sparkle. As I talked about, Park Avenue, of course, is our crown jewel. But one of the things I appreciate about the vision that the city's had in rolling this out is bringing in elements of Hannibal Square, Shady Park, Orange Avenue, Fairbanks, really appreciating that Winter Park's got several jewels that shine. Uh, Certainly that Park Avenue is our crown jewel, but that we're engaging all of these spaces throughout the community so that people can have a real sense of of something to feel good about. I mean, let's face it, there has not been a really long run of good news here for a while. And I think if I'm going into stores right now, the dresses are more sparkly. Everything's <laughs> got to be a little bit of an uplift right now because we've all been suffering for a really long time. So uh, I want to say thank you on behalf of the businesses to, for the appropriation of the resources, both uh, monetary and human capital, to get the city looking the best it's ever been. And if you're curious about what that looks like, you can come tomorrow night, Thursday night, to sip, shop, and stroll on Park Avenue. If you'd like to join us, show up at the little bus stop between, um, it's right on the corner of Morrison Park Avenue, and we'll give you a little lanyard, and you can go up and down uh, to our businesses that will be open after hours serving wine and light bites and we would love to have you uh, come see the first look of these lights that we've been working on i think for months now mayor we're very excited about this and we certainly want to thank our city staff who've been working hard to get this up and we want to present to everyone as soon as possible guess what voila we have a great looking central business district that we do 
maybe we'll just wrap with uh, any other community events that are on the calendar for the uh, for the holidays. Betsy, will oh, go to you. Oh, yes. It's <laughs> a, the most wonderful time of the year. It's the season. Yes. We have, on December 3rd, we will be lighting the final element of our uh, city decorations for the holidays, and that is the annual Christmas tree lighting, and that will take place on December the 3rd. We will also have a menorah lighting that evening, I'm very thrilled to say, and we are having the same company, which is former Disney Imagineers, have created a beautiful decoration for our city Christmas tree, and we'll be turning the lights on, <clears throat> excuse me, on that on December 3rd. The following morning, it wouldn't be the holidays without our Christmas parade, and that will be at 9 o'clock on December the 4th. If you come hungry, we have pancakes to serve you for <laughs> Leadership Winter Park's Pancake Breakfast, which funds not only school supplies, but it funds scholarships for our Youth Leaders Program in the summer. So we would love for you to come hungry to the parade. And then we have another Sip, Shop, and Stroll on December 9th from 5 to 8 p.m. on Park Avenue. And for information on all of our events, it's really easy. Just go on to winterpark.org or follow us at the Winter Park Chamber Facebook page. Fantastic. Busy season. Mayor, we'll let you have the last word. Um, just one thing. Uh, the City of Winter Park also has a website. We've added a button, especially for the holidays. So when you go into cityofwinterpark.org, it says holiday events. And you can go there as well and tap into that and find where all the holiday events are. Uh, but no, this is the best time of year. It's a fantastic uh you know, I was talking to someone. I've never regretted giving up my snow shovel. And <laughs> I can uh, the weather lately has been fantastic and why we all live here. Yes. So come on down. Indeed. My wife still reminds me of the day, the Christmas day, where I shoveled our driveway three times uh, <laughs> in Winnetka, uh, Illinois. So um, glad to not have to worry about that. Uh, Betsy, uh, Mayor, thank you both so much. Another uh, just a great show. Thank you all for joining us today for uh, Talk of the Town. On behalf of Mayor Anderson and Betsy Gardner-Eckbert, we're glad you tuned in and hope you will join us monthly as we share the highlights, issues, and people that make Winter Park a special place to live, work, and learn. We'll be back December 15th, so stay tuned to City, Chamber, and Rollins Communications for more updates about Talk of the Town. And with, with that, we wish you a great week in Winter Park.